Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies. On this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Dr. Forrest Sauer. If that name sounds familiar, you're right. He's been on the podcast before. He's a chiropractor that is specializing in functional medicine, and he is on a mission to help as many folks as possible increase their energy, fix thyroid disease, and decrease inflammation. And boy, have we got a great podcast for you. We actually talk all about what we're doing in our practices to help folks. And we go into some really great topics in terms of habits, behaviors, diet, sugar cravings, and more. This is a great podcast for anyone looking for tips on getting healthier, but also those of you who are curious about functional medicine, but want to hear what folks are doing in real time and what we're up to and our different styles. So let's jump into the podcast and reintroduce you to Dr. Forrest Sauer. Hey, health junkies. I have Dr. Forrest Sauer on again today, and we are going to be talking about probably one of the biggest needle movers in terms of getting results with anything that you embark on, whether it's your health, whether it's life, whatever it may be, habits. And Dr. Sauer and I are going to talk all about that today and how being a little selfish actually is a good thing. So Dr. Sauer, welcome back to the Health Fix Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So we were just talking as we jumped on the call that you are back from Spain and learned yeah. a bunch of fun stuff in terms of how to get clients better results. And of course, I chimed in and said, well, we're talking about a great topic on that today. Yeah. Habits, habits and routines and behaviors and being selfish. So let's start with the concept of being selfish, because folks will hear that and instantly it kind of triggers this little like, I, I can't do that. So give us give us your spin on how you present that to folks and how we can maybe change the mindset a little bit on being selfish. In our practice, we approach it as, and, and this is what we actually call it, we call it a healthy amount of selfishness. <laughs> nice. Because there's always, you know, there, there's always some give and take. You can right. have a unhealthy amount of this. You can go too far. You can take it too few. And oftentimes what I see with clients is they don't take any time for themselves mm -hmm. and they just give and give and give and give and they never get poured back into. So this is where you do need to start speaking up for yourself and totally get it because <laughs> I grew up, maybe you did the same way that you know, we don't need anybody to take care of us. We can take care of ourselves or if we go to and get a massage for crying out loud, that's actually kind of <laughs> selfish. And there's some guilt that comes along with yeah. that for some reason. Yeah. And you're laying on the massage bed and you're trying to relax. But then all, all of a sudden you got all these thoughts of things that you should be doing and that you <laughs> you need to do. And it's like, oh, my gosh, here I am wasting an hour of my time is like that doesn't serve anybody. And so it's it's it comes not just simply with massages, but also like scheduling time in for yourself to work out mm -hmm. or to schedule time to make a healthy meal or to learn a new skill. It's really interesting though. The longer that I'm in practice, I just thought people needed the information and I was mm -hmm. woefully wrong with that. If, if all people needed was information, everybody would have a six pack and have millions of dollars. It's what you do with the information is the most valuable thing. And this is where it comes down to skills. Health is a skill. It's a skill that you can learn. 
Working out is a skill. Getting to know people is a skill. You have all these skills with your job, with being a good parent, with being a good spouse. These are all skills and so is with health. So you can learn these so that way now those skills become habits and those habits become second nature. And your health is a reflection not of the last thir- your, your last 30 days of habits, it's of the last five years. What have you been doing for the last five years on a consistent basis? Because this is what your body's going to reflect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. I love it as, as developing a skill. And I think that takes a little pressure off a little yes. bit in terms of, of the healthy amount of selfishness and these kind of things. It's like, I'm just developing a skill of, of taking care of me. I, I like that. I could get behind that as as a doc who said it multiple different ways, I, I've not said it that way. So we, we've got something here. And this is something that you guys who are listening, I mean, this is something you guys could start saying yourself. I'm developing the skill of, of getting healthy. And what this also lends into is we don't have to have it all perfect right out of the gates, which I feel like that is another big thing that happens when we go on what let's call it a health kick. So this is yes. why transitioning from that word. Or that concept. It's it's the classic January 1st. I'm going to, tr- you know, New Year's resolution. I'm going to turn my life around. 2023 is going to be different. We screw up for 2023. Let's wait till 2024 because I'm going to get it right that time. Listen, it's like you're never going to have the perfect year. The stars are never going to line perfectly for the rest of your life. So this is a skill. And just like riding a bike or any other skill out there, like, I like to uh, I, I like to woodwork. I have I have a little wood shop, and it's just something that I get to disconnect and just be by myself and really pour into into that hobby. And it is a skill, not very good at it, but I'm always building and working on it. And it does, like you said, take a lot of the pressure of being perfect. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to tell yourself this is a skill that I'm not very good at right now, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. That means that I'm going to continue working on the skill of being healthy because that's what's truly valuable. Huge, huge. So let's talk a little bit about this skill because I think the other big thing is people are like, okay, great. Skill of being healthy. I could do that. Yep. Do I start with eating? Do I start with workouts? Wait a minute. Do I get, you know, that now I can see all the different things. Ping, 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 ping. Do I need supplements first? Like Forrest, where do we start? Where do we go? Where I am going to make the argument to start is don't start by buying supplements. I love supplements. Don't start by buying supplements. Don't start by buying a whole new workout wardrobe. We don't need any more spandex in our closets. Okay, we got plenty. (laughs) We don't need to go buy new running shoes. Where I suggest that we start is start by stop putting the crap in our bodies. Stop living like a standard American. Here's the thing that I hear oftentimes, and I just had this happen yesterday with a client, came in, had a consult. She came in with, I'm not kidding you, a huge one of those tote bags filled with supplements. Yeah, and yeah you're, you're rubbing your face. It's like, that's what I did too. I was like, oh Lord, please no. Be, and she started going through the supplements and she said like, I'm still feeling like crap. I'm taking this, I'm taking that. And listen, the, the supplements that she was taking, because she was trying to be conscious of her budget. They were of lower quality. I don't fault her. She didn't know. That's fine. We're going to help her show what supplements that she needs to take. But before we do that, we need to start fixing her lifestyle, start changing the things that she's putting in her body on a daily basis. So if you're taking 20 pills a day and never feeling better, 
then that means that we're putting something in our bodies that is creating inflammation, creating hormonal imbalances, creating the fact that you can't shut your brain off at night. Maybe it's creating a, a thyroid imbalance or causing some depression, anxiety, emotions, and hormones to be out of whack. And what we need to do is we need to start living a lifestyle, nutrition, getting the proper hydration in some of these very, very simple, not necessarily easy, but simple chores. And like I said, this is a skill that you can get better on. Do that for 30 days. Give yourself a timeline. Don't leave it open-ended because you need to hold yourself accountable or have someone else hold you accountable to that goal because we all self-sabotage, me included, have an accountability partner to radically change your life in 30 days with the nutrition. And then we get to do the fancy stuff, which is, which is the supplements, workout routines. We can have a fancy lab tests. All of that jazz. I like that approach a lot. And and definitely something that, you know, takes a little finesse to to work with because I don't know how many times in the course of the day I will say you cannot supplement yourself out of a poor diet. Um, and and unfortunately, you know, we are looking for some sort of simplicity, right? A lot of folks are getting to the point where when they get older, they their kids are grown, they they're sick of cooking, they're done with that. So I have a lot of folks who are like, okay, Forrest, yeah. what do we do if we've got to the point where we just hate cooking and we're just over it? Maybe we have seven kids, they're all grown and like we've cooked our brains out over these years. And so what, what's your advice to folks who are like, I just cannot seem to get the cooking thing down. What's the next step in terms of like food service stuff? Like what, what do you recommend in that case of say you have someone that's just like, this is my biggest barrier. And I, if they're truly burned out and they just don't have the mental bandwidth to even mm -hmm. deal with it, I mean, I go through these stages as well. I recommend find someone. I mean, you can use some of these services. Yes. I am always cognizant of what other ingredients are there sneaking in there because mm -hmm. it's prepackaged foods. I'm not blaming them. You can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. it's because it's it's a shipped service you have to keep the food fresh in order what so the best way around this is to work out some sort of deal with someone that you have local mm -hmm. who's someone that's going to meet your needs who says that you need to have all three meals seven days a week prepared maybe you try it out for two days a week three days a week and set it in your budget this is part of the healthy amount of selfishness is mm -hmm. investing back into your health so if we're in true burnout mode then who says that you have to be the one to do it? You don't. You can help maybe partner trade services or pay someone to help you out with this. And it, it's going to pay dividends. It's going to pay major, major dividends. And it's going to be twofold. Not only are you going to have the peace of mind of having some of the workload of meals being already made for you, but then you don't like, so healthfully, that's going to help you out, but also you, it's not going to, take up all that mental space. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. It's finding that, that, that balance. And yeah, maybe it's like three nights a week, you've got someone who makes something for you and now you don't have to meal prep three nights a week or, or something of, of that case. I mean, obviously in a perfect world, we want to know where our food's coming from. We want to know who's prepping the food for us. We want to know where they're buying the food, all of those things. So there does, it does require some interviewing process on that yes. case. Now, Here's an interesting one that's come up over and over again, kind of lately in my practice, as I'm seeing more folks that have mold mycotoxins and seeing more folks who are dealing with candida and yeasty kind of stuff and overgrowth. They're, 
there's a lot of folks who will dial down their diets quite a bit and get them pretty clean. But when we come to the issue of condiments like ketchup, mayonnaise, sauces, barbecue sauce, all these things. Now, this is something that when we get healthy, it's it's one of the overlooked things we don't think about is those things. What is your opinion on those particular products? Do you have, do you make your own? Do you have folks look at, you know, cleaner product brands, things of that nature? How, how far can folks get into this? I think what I'm getting at is like, what, what do you do? You can go pretty far down this Mm -hmm. rabbit trail if Mm -hmm. you want to. Uh, And here's the thing is that you get, like you said, you, you nailed it. You're going to have a clean diet and your condiments can completely sabotage it. Mm-hmm. So I, I am very, very careful. I, I love sauces. Okay. I, I love putting stuff on food. It's, it's amazing. Salad dressings, like mustards, barbecue sauce. I'm a huge barbecue sauce guy, but I need to make certain I know exactly what the ingredients are in there. Cause I can feel the impact in my health and in my body. Uh, and you know, you need to make certain that you don't have any harmful seed oils, like the soybean, canola, peanut oil, vegetable oil, uh, in, in these in these products. So uh, Paleo Kitchen is is a very, very clean brand uh, as far as barbecue sauces. It's pretty good. Um, when it comes to mustard, conventional mustards are actually yeah. pretty clean. Like it's the one condiment <laughs> that you can get away with. So uh, I, I am a big fan of mustard. Paleo Kitchen does have a, or Primal Kitchen, it's Primal Kitchen, uh, yeah. does have a ketchup I've just gone without ketchup for so long that, I mean, you can take it or leave it. It's fine. But yes, it, with salad dressings, I make my own salad dressings. I, I'm a big fan of vinaigrettes. So I'll do half olive oil, half balsamic, salt and pepper, squeeze of mustard, and I shake it up in a mason jar. And that's my vinaigrette. Like it takes literally 15 seconds to make your salad dressing. If you don't like vinaigrettes, guess what? There's a homemade ranch dressing as well. I've made those as well. It's dairy-free, completely clean. It takes two minutes to make. And it's a, getting back to the skills. Mm-hmm. The first time I made a salad dressing, it took 15 minutes to make sure I was doing every single step correct. Now yeah. I can whip it together. I don't even have to think about it. And it turns off because I've honed that skill and you can also master that skill. But salad dressings, unfortunately, you can have a perfect salad, healthy salad. You put Hidden Valley Ranch on there. Yep. It's completely destroying everything that's on your plate. It's definitely a Hidden Valley as I um, <laughs> of ingredients, as I like to tell my clients, because, yeah, that we're, we're sabotaging there. And so I, I wanted to hear what you were what you were up to, because I, too, same thing. I make my own sauces. I make my own dressings. And yeah, vinegar uh, and not vinegar. There's vinegar in mustard. And I guess that's where my brain's going. But mustard is amazing. You can you can fudge on mustard. But yeah. um, the rest of them. Yeah, that's another big area where habits come into play. I'm like, okay, dial in the food first, then we work on some of the sauces and things you like to eat, or what you like to put on your foods. Now, here's the next thing. I, I'm dying to ask in terms of habits, sugar, honey, maple yeah. syrup, what's what's you what do you do personally in terms of like when you have a sweet tooth are you sugar-free completely or do you have habits around sugar to kind of help the body process it better what kind of habit do you do you have there and and skills have you developed around the sugar thing because that is as we know america's number one drug yeah when it comes to sugar i really this might shock you i don't hold myself to too high of a standard with sugar Mm -hmm. now the kinds of sugar i'm putting in my body i do 
Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a big, I like maple syrup. We have a local person who has maple syrup. So we get maple syrup from there. It's real maple syrup, not corn syrup and food coloring. Very important. Uh, very important. <laughs> very important note. So it's real, it's real maple syrup, honey. We also get a local source of honey. I love honey. It's, oh, if you, if you have grown up and lived completely on grocery store, honey, find someone who keeps bees, get honey from them. It is in it's a completely different product and it lights up your brain. You start seeing sounds and tasting colors. It's amazing. So I really highly recommend it. Um, so when it comes to the honey or the maple syrups or even like coconut sugar, some of these sugars, your body knows how to handle it. Your body can process it. Now, obviously I don't have a lot. I, I have a very low sugar lifestyle, but I, it, on days that, you know, my family's making pancakes at home, uh, sneak peek, really good pancake recipe. You take plantains, mix it with eggs and, and some baking soda, put in a blender, it makes amazing pancakes. And then you can put maple syrup over it anyways. Um, nice. So there's, you know, always ways that you can make comfort foods actually healthy and not, not guilty. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't hold myself to a very high standard where I do is the bad seed oils. Mm-hmm. Now, something, if we're someone who struggles with sugar cravings, eliminate the seed oils, the canola, peanut, soybean, all those bad oils, because those will cause sugar cravings. Interesting. That's something that people don't know about. It's no. an inflammatory response. So where do sugar cravings actually come from? It comes from your body trying to deal with stress. Mm-hmm. So I myself, you know, when I'm going through periods of stress in my life, whether it be family, like higher stress, whether it be family or business or whatever, I notice that my sugar cravings do creep up. They do go up. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to try to fight that too much. I'm going to have a little bit to serve that craving. I don't let it get out of control. Mm-hmm. But if we're having sugar cravings every single night, it's your body telling you, it's having a conversation with you and telling you we have way too much stress in our life right now and we need to start mastering that. That's a huge thing because I, I one, I didn't know about the seed oils, but it makes sense, especially because they're also commonly combined with something that is a processed carbohydrate. Yes. You know, for me back in the day, I'll, I'll, and even now, like if I get a hold of it, it will trigger some things for me is like tortilla chips. Absolutely. Love them. But there is that like, oh my God, I can't stop um, component to it. And this is part of it. But then also we look at the bigger picture of what's going on and stress in your life. And so one of the habits that I find incredibly helpful, and I'm sure you're doing this too, and I want to pick your brain on how you're working with folks on this one, is how we manage stress and how we manage how it can throw us off of the healthy skills we're trying to develop because a lot of people will be like, oh, I fell off the wagon again. I'm like, there's no wagon, but this unfortunate saying that we have is, is it's because stress pushes us off what, you know, multiple different areas. So what you had mentioned about allow, you know, talking about allowing yourself to have the sugars, being cognizant of the seed oils and the type of, of sweetened thing that you're having is huge. How, 
how do you advise you, you know, how do you work with yourself or even like self-coach? Let's, let's go to that. How do you self-coach or how do you even advise your clients about when they're feeling these cravings coming up and in the past, they know that they will drive to, you know, the store and grab chips or chocolate or ice cream. How do you advise them to like, take that thought, intercept it, and then start practicing a new habit? When it comes to mastering your own cravings, your habits are going to make or break you. Mm -hmm. So it's the actions regarding those thoughts. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be able to talk yourself out of a sugar craving when it's 9 p.m. and you're sitting in your lazy boy and all you want to do is raid the kitchen. You're not going to be able to talk yourself out of it. It's just not going to happen. It's a hormonal response. You don't have to obey it. It's okay to have those cravings. Heck, you can even get up and have a banana. Like have something to satisfy some of that. And it's about incremental steps. Maybe you used to, you know, go all hog wild on a half a bag of tortilla chips. Well, swap Easily. it out for something. And believe me, like I, I'm with you on the chips. Chips, I think single-handedly cure depression, but you need to make sure it's a healthy chip. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I have to, I have to interject guys, healthy chip. And, and Dr. Forrest, maybe you've seen this, the Siete brand. The ones that do the non, their cassava chips, but now wish, they have corn chips. With I wish it was a publicly traded company because I would buy their stocks. I'm pretty sure my family would single-handedly support them. So like they're they're going to be around for a while. Uh, but yes, we, we do enjoy our Siete chips. And when I do have those cravings, this is where finding the healthy alternatives, I still have sugar cravings late at night. It's part of your cortisol stress response. Like I said, if in periods of my life where I got have higher stress, I know I'm just simply going to have more sugar cravings later at night. And that's a normal hormatic or hormonal response. Don't try to fight that response. Find different things to fill that gap. For example, I love almond butter, have a banana, have some of that have some Siete chips late at night. I'm still feeding myself, not a lot, not having half a bag. I'm having a little bit, serving that need. And I don't have it every night because it's it's all about how your hormones are responding. So don't feed into your disease by having a fruit roll up or half a bag of corn oil laden tortilla chips. Pick a healthier option that's actually going to make you healthier instead of making certain that this feeling is going to come around the neck tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah. The, the long game thinking the long game versus, versus the short game. And, you know, I'll joking aside with Siete chips, they are good and, and they are a mm -hmm. good alternative. I think this is another thing to keep folks in mind too, because as we're building the skill to not overindulge. Sometimes there is that concept. And, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this too, as someone's building their skills, having things in the house versus not having things in the house or having pure like almond butter, banana versus any tortilla chip or shopping specific, you know, so I'd love to get your opinion on in or out of the house. How, how would you incrementally work with it? What, if it's, what do you if it's in the house, it gets eaten. Mm -hmm. So it's not in my, I can't handle that level of temptation. I know that my wife knows that if it's in the house, it's going to get eaten. And I'm just not okay. Putting that level of temptation in my house. Cause I know what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. I don't trust myself. That's fine. I work around it. 
guess what? You probably shouldn't trust yourself either because when those cravings come late at night, all of your promises, all of your oaths, all of your, you know, uh, written moment, uh, mottos, whatever it is, they're go out the window. Right. Don't fight your biology, make it work with you. Well said, well said, because yeah, it's, it's true. If it's in your house, even if it is a healthier version of something, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to eat it. And, and I think there, there's more stress to telling yourself, no, I'm not going to need this. No, I'm not. Gonna. I feel like that creates more stress. And then by the time you eat it, your blood sugar is already way up here anyway. And it's yeah. just like, and so it gets to the, and, and so then let's, let's take this one step back as far as like yeah. grocery shopping, you mentioned, how do we, we've all heard don't grocery shop when you're hungry. I'll never forget this. This was a defining moment in my health journey. I used to love gushers. It was just absolutely amazing. Those, you know, <laughs> diabetic ridden candies. Uh, I would have at least one or two depending upon the day every single day. And it was like my little quote unquote treat. And I knew I probably should give it up. And before I even went into the grocery store, I took 30 seconds, closed my eyes. I knew exactly where they were on the shelf. So I envisioned myself walking down that aisle and not even looking at the gushers, but walking right past it because I am become, I made a decision that I was going to become a healthy person. And that means I need to start adopting healthy person habits. And that means a healthy person doesn't buy gushers. And so I envisioned myself creating a new habit and walking through the grocery store as a healthy person. So I did that 30 seconds. I went to the grocery store because I had already thought it, made up my mind. I didn't honestly really even think about it until I had all my groceries and I was out in the parking. And I was like, my gosh, I walked right by it. I didn't even realize it because that decision was already made. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, I, I mean, and great advice, great advice, because if we can already make that decision, like I'm not doing this, if we're walking up to the grocery store door and we're like, do I go by, do it not? You're going by. It's going to happen. Yep. <laughs> and even another level above this, let's go and say, you don't even like grocery shopping. You're over it. You've had seven kids. They're out yeah. of the house. You don't want to party, okay? <laughs> you can hire someone to make your meals. You can also hire someone to grocery shop for you. Mm -hmm. And you don't even have to make the decisions. You can make decisions when everything's, uh, you know, with your cup of coffee in the morning, everything's good with the world. You say, this is going to be my perfect lifestyle. And you write out your grocery list when you're in a good place, mentally and emotionally. And then you can tell the person, I want you to shop for these things. Then the decision's already made. That's the, I, that was one of the most amazing things uh, about the pandemic and how that really blew up for like curbside grocery and all these different yes. things. Now, of course it has its dark sides too. Um, because now we have Uber eats and you can call the <laughs> anyone to bring you anything you desire, but back to habits, back to habits and thinking it through. And, and I think that's really important to think about like, this is, this is what I do as a healthy person. Now, do you work with your clients in terms of like morning visualizations in terms of this is how the day is going to go? And this is, you know, imagining themselves with certain obstacles or any of that kind of stuff. Do you ever, or do you do that yourself with any habits? You know, I've tried a whole bunch of uh, tricks and mental hacks and morning mm -hmm. routines. And I've, I've tried it all. I have a self-help junkie. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that I noticed is that my life was not changing no matter how many miracle mornings I did, 
no matter how many morning routines I did, meditations, what have you, I've been down that rabbit hole and tried it all. And my life didn't change. Yeah. So I gave up. And that's okay. Now I focus on just getting done what I need to get done. I don't have a morning routine. I have a morning habit, but I don't hold myself stringent on doing the same thing every single morning because I know I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so I'm not going to set myself up for failure. I know I'm going to work out, you know, two, three times a week. I know I'm going to have breakfast with my family two or three times a week. I know the things that I'm going to do, but you know what? Our lives aren't going to be the same all the time. So we need to be flexible. And I just found that if we set ourselves up with a morning routine that we're going to do every single morning, because we want to improve our life, oftentimes setting aside time for meditation, for journaling, for uh, visualizations is simply procrastination on doing stuff that we should actually be doing. I I appreciate your honesty in that and and the thought process that that you have on that because I myself have about a 10 minute routine that I do in terms of mindset stuff but I've tried all the other stuff. I can't, I will always work out. That's me. I feel like mm -hmm. my day doesn't start without I, I have to do that. Um, but a lot of the routine stuff, I'm like, why do I suck at this? And then I kind of beat myself up being in, you know, the the career I am. Why do I why does my routine not like the the people that are talking about the miracle morning and whatnot? But I'm like, I do have my own routine. But I think the nugget in there is getting to know yourself and what you'll do and what you won't do. Yeah. And here's the thing, like. I have no problems if meditation or the miracle morning works for you. I know Hal Elrod, great guy. Yeah. He's got thousands of testimonials and he's truly on purpose to help people. I don't fault them. It's just simply not my solution. Because mm -hmm. what I was finding is that I was trying to create the healthiest Dr. Sauer available and out there. And I was actually using that as a way to procrastinate on doing stuff that should actually have be, I be doing and achieving my goals. Because I want to start building a business that impacts thousands and thousands and thousands of people's lives. And that means that I'm going to you know, have to do things a little bit differently than what I'm doing now. And it's scary trying new things. It's scary trying new healthy habits. It's scary starting and practicing new skills. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. It's okay to be nervous. It's okay to be anxious. And this is a skill you're not going to be perfect the first time around, but it's the ability to get back up and try again. And taking action is the best way that I have found to overcome that anxiety instead of procrastination. I I can get behind that. I can. I found that, yeah, I, I you know, when I look at my habits and, and I, I'm talking about myself, folks, so that you can kind of hear my side of it but also that's why i wanted dr sour to talk about his stuff because i mean i think it's important to hear that you don't have to follow everything to the t and ultimately at the far end of this spectrum of building healthy habits is really figuring out what works for you yeah. and only you because all of us are unique and and what does work and what doesn't and and i found the same thing with with certain procrastination habits like oh Maybe I'll go uh, do a little meditation and then I'll go do a walk and then I'm going to go do this. And then what am I doing? Ultimately, I'm not getting stuff done. Yep. 
is what happens. And, and I agree. I've, I've had the same, same thing happen. So, you know, it's setting parameters now. Okay. I, I drove us in a tangent over to the far end. And, and for those of you who are listening, that's the far end. We're not working on morning routines at the beginning. We're just working on food and, and things of that nature. No, I want to, I want to, yeah. I want to finalize. Cause you mentioned mold, lime, mycotoxins, environmental mm-hmm. toxins, heavy metals. You need to have the proper lab testing done to figure out what you actually have. I am very hesitant to start with Lyme testing right off the bat because there's a lot of false negatives, a lot of false positives can bring you down a complete different rabbit trail that you don't need to go down. So if you already, if you've living a healthy lifestyle, you have your nutrition down, you have some of your supplements down, you are working out and yet you're still exhausted. You're still in pain. You're still have hormonal imbalances. You need to dig deeper because you need to fix the root underlying cause of the problem. And without, and by just simply going with your symptoms, you can get most of the way there, meaning you can, for the most case, diagnose it, but it's that last bit uh, with the lab testing, with the proper lab testing, with the mold, heavy metals, environmental toxins to figure out what the actual problem is. That way, you know, number one, what the problem is and what to do about it. That allows you to move forward with confidence. And unfortunately, there's hundreds of ways that you can test for it. Only several ways to test for it accurately. Uh, obviously, and unfortunately, insurance doesn't pay for the ones that are actually accurate. But that's my tension on that. No, I mean, wonderful, wonderful segue into talking about that because yes, I I think it's very important to not start off the bat on just randomly running lab tests. I think we do want to get the basics down and then go into these things. And so let's talk about the, the hygienics tests and things of that nature in terms of what folks may have seen in terms of Lyme mold, et cetera. And, and before I go there, one more caveat guys mold, Lyme, these hard to treat chronic kind of infections and things, their symptoms can pretty much be put into a bucket of every single thing a human could possibly experience. And this is why it gets even for us practitioners and and Dr. Sauer just mentioned, like we get super like, uh, let's first try the basics because we don't know what direction to go. So let's talk labs a little bit. What are your favorite labs for things like mycotoxins and mold and and Lyme and that kind of stuff? Let's geek out there so that folks can have a a basis on that. The, uh, my go-to is through a place called Vibrant America. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have a total tox panel. It tests for heavy metals, environmental toxins and mycotoxins for, for mold and whatnot. Uh, that is where I like to start if I'm suspicious, and this is a big if, if I'm suspicious, if there is some of those things. Before we even get there, we look to see if there's any bacterial viral pathogens in the gut. And before we even get to the gut, we start with a very comprehensive blood panel. There, I, you know, I, I used to be the the doc that wanted to test for absolutely everything, spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on lab tests. It is just simply not useful for most people. And I don't think it's a good investment for most people. So we start off with blood tests, very comprehensive. I call it our nose to toes because it really does cover mm-hmm. nose to toes. It goes through everything. And uh, it, it allows us to steer in the direction what we need to test for next. So first, I mean, you asked like, what do I like to geek out on first? It is 
gosh, it's a lot. There's 66 biomarkers, but it is um, kidneys, it's blood sugar, it's stomach acid, it's liver, it's iron, it's cholesterol, it is white blood cells, red blood cells, thyroid, inflammatory markers, a basic chem panel. It's like all of these things, that way we have a wonderful holistic picture on what's going on. Is it Hashimoto's? Is it thyroid? Is it inflammation? Is it gut infection? Do we have non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? Do we have diabetes? What or do we have a, I can't remember if I already said gut infection, but you know, it really gives us that direction on where we need to go next. And based off of that very comprehensive blood panel, then we can determine, do we need to do a uh, total toxin? Like, do we need to test for mold or Lyme's disease? Or uh, do we need to do a GI panel? So this is part of that journey where everybody truly is different. Gone is the day for canned medicine. And you need to treat the individual as an individual. Mold, unfortunately, is something that a lot of people have, whether they know it or not. So it's uh, mold infections are really on the rise. Same with heavy metals. So it's, um, it's really something that does need to be taken seriously. And if you've tried all the things, tried all the supplements, tried all the lifestyle dietary changes, and you still have not gotten results, digging deeper and looking into some of these other toxins is paramount. I agree. I agree. You know, you brought up the chemistry panel. So yes. guys, this is liver, kidney, but also we can look at electrolytes and, and a CBC, which is your white blood cells, red blood cell look. From that alone, Having someone who's trained functionally medicine-wise, guys, I got to tell you this because your conventional doc is not trained to look beyond the parameters. Unless they've taken special training, they're not going to look beyond the parameters that the lab has listed out there. For folks who have been functionally medicine trained, we can take what's in research, straight up, still in research. The This isn't something we pulled out of our butt and said, this is a great range, research-based background. We can identify things in these chem panels that other folks can't. And we can tell, do you have low cortisol out of a chem panel? We can tell, do you have a chronic infection out of a chem panel? I want Dr. Sauer to speak because I'm-, I'm I was doing a lab review with uh, one of my clients. He was actually a surgeon and we're going through his comprehensive labs. And uh, he's a humble guy. You know, surgeons, they're not known for their humility all the time, but he's a humble guy, nice guy. And he- we're going through his labs and he says, number one, I've never seen a more comprehensive blood panel. Like this is kind of crazy. So he said that number one, and he thought he knew where I was going to take it. Like in explaining his labs, I was going to walk him through his labs, whether they're a nurse, doctor, welder, plumber, housewife, I don't care. I'm going to explain your labs. I'm going to go through it and I'm explaining the exact same way. So I was explaining the labs to him and his eyes just like opened up. He's like, I've never had someone explain labs like this because you're right. You explain it from a functional standpoint. How is your body functioning? If you have a, a colonoscopy, they stick a camera up your butt. They're looking for visual changes. So mm -hmm. they're, they're visually looking for damage. Damage happens much, much sooner in the gut than what, like at a very small cellular level. You're not if you someone has IBS or IBD, you can have a colonoscopy, looks completely normal. Mm -hmm. Exact same thing can happen for your thyroid is your labs can be taken. It's inadequate, number one, on what the labs that they're taking. You're com being compared to 90% of Americans. So you can think about, well, is 90% of America healthy or sick? Mm -hmm. And insurance is only going to pay for labs that they can prescribe drugs for. So you're getting not just simply skewed results, 
but the but the tests that you are being tested for are far inadequate because there are only so many drugs on the market that they can prescribe for. So why would they incur more costs and take comprehensive labs? So that's why we take a very different approach. We look at how is your body functioning, number one, and where are the hidden damages that, that are obviously creating this huge, huge quality of life uh, deficit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's incredible. And that's, that's fun that you had the the surgeon do that. I also had a surgeon a while back in my practice too, who was like, what? I never knew that was connected. I didn't, I don't remember that. So, you know, guys, it's, it's stuff that isn't taught in conventional medicine realm. It is researched backed. We can back everything up, but there's a lot of information that you can glean from a chemistry panel and a CBC just alone. And, and that's, you know, those are our entry level things. We use that as a screen to see if we need to go further. And sometimes we don't, we can get enough info from there. And of course you had mentioned advanced blood sugar, you know, and, and thyroid too, and hormones are probably another thing that I'll screen with blood and go to something more advanced. Now within, you said vibrant is your, your big folks for mold, heavy metals, things of that nature in terms of next steps. Um, I mentioned Igenix, so just going to close that loop for you guys. Igenix is another one that's very popular on mm -hmm. the market, very expensive, um, and in terms of Lyme testing. And I think the the thing, and I'd love your input on this, Dr. Sauer, is with, with Lyme, do you almost feel at, at this stage in the game, if the immune system gets better and the body gets better as a whole, we're going to have less symptoms anyway, and sometimes it's not even worth diving into that whole realm in, in certain cases. Cause I think a lot yeah. of people think if they show up with Lyme that they're going to have to take all the herbs, all the things. And, and I just want to put a plug back in for habits and routines going back to, you can't supplement yourself out of conditions. That's that, that's exactly the stance that we take Lyme. Your, your, your body can suppress Lyme. Your body does have the ability. Now, if you get a tick, but here's the stance I take on it. And it's a fairly conventional stance just because of the risks of not taking care of it quickly. If you just recently got a tick bite, you have a, uh, you got a bullseye approach just because of people in family members of my life who've tried to treat it holistically. I tell my clients, go get doxycycline, go get the antibiotic, take care of it. We're going to repair the damage that has been done afterwards. I don't want to mess with that. It's nasty stuff. So yep. take the antibiotic approach, come back. If you still have chronic Lyme symptoms, we can clean that up holistically. It's, it is it is a bear, but you can do it. Uh, and it is a challenge. And I will see some you know people with chronic fatigue with just a really, really bad health history as a consequence of Lyme and you need to improve the environment. You like, I don't fix Lyme. The body heals it. Right. I don't fix Hashimoto's. The body fixes it. So all we need to do is create an environment where the body can start sequestering the Lyme's disease or fixing the Hashimoto's or reversing the diabetes. And we create that environment where the body can do the healing on its own. That's primarily all that we do. So what is creating a healthy environment? It looks like it's it, you know, to come full circle, it's what we started with, creating healthy habits, stop putting the crap in your body. And then once that is done, then we can start getting fancy with supplements. So many times I'll see clients come in with the tote of supplements, suitcase of supplements, and they aren't feeling any 
better. Yes, it can be the quality. Yes, it can be the dosage. But most of the time, it's because we haven't created a healthy environment. We're not eating the foods that are helping us. We're still eating the foods that are hurting us. And it's creating that environment where the virus is still out of control. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well said, well said. And yes, for those folks who are listening, if you get a bite by a tick and you even suspect it, take the doxycycline, it can save a lot of grief later on. We'll clean up the mess yes. later. Public yep. service announcement for sure. Do not be afraid um, in, in that case. So gosh, so many things and and such a great conversation on habiting and bringing everything full circle. Let's tell folks about how they can work with you, how they can access all of your good tips and your programs. Give everybody the scoop because I want them to definitely be able to reach out to you. Uh, my clinic's called Twin Oaks Health. Uh, you can go to twinoakshealth.com. Primarily, here's what we do. We help people increase uh, increase energy, fix the thyroid disease, decrease inflammation. Those are the three you know, people that we are that, that born and bred and, mm -hmm. and have proven repeatable results. We help coach people. If, if you're overwhelmed right now and you're looking for just, just tell me what to do, that's what where my team really shines. You know, we just had a, um, a chimney put in our, in our house, we're putting a wood stove in the basement. And yeah, foolishly, I decided to start putting this thing in myself. I don't know anything about chimneys. So uh -oh. I got half, I got halfway through it. Me and my wife, we found out that we are not the home remodel couple because she gets stressed when her home gets torn apart. I don't know what I'm doing. We fight. It's not a good situation. Just simply creates more stress. So I got halfway through this project and I was waving the white flags. I'm just gonna hire the contractor because I'm out. I don't want this. And because here's the two things I was actually purchasing when I hired the contractor. I wanted the peace of mind. I wanted the safety. When I have a fire going in, it's the middle of winter and I'm putting my head down to sleep at night. I want to know that I'm not going to burn the house down. I'm buying that certainty and I'm buying that safety. And for many of our clients, they've already burned their house down metaphorically a couple of times because they've tried to get their health back on their own. And they want to know, hey, am like this next time around when I'm trying to get my health back, I want to know, are the steps that I'm actually going to put effort in going to, you know, give me the results that I want? Am I actually going to be healthier? Am I going to sleep at night? And am I going to be able to get off some of these medications? Am I going to be able to regain my quality of life? That's what people seek us out for is that certainty and that safety. So if you're looking for that, if you're looking for a coach, if you're looking for a very step-by-step -step process, reach out to us. We are going to ask you to make some changes because obviously something right now ain't working. <laughs> so absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So folks, everything will be over at drjkrausnd.com. How to get a hold of Dr. Sauer and boy, Great conversation today. I really appreciate you coming back on and look forward to more chats over time because I think it's just great for folks to hear kind of what we're up to, what step processes look like and and how things work in, in the, the functional medicine realm. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the Health Fix podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.